Welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast. Today, we have a bonus episode. I was recently on the Shaquille James Podcast, a timeout with Shaq. We had a dope conversation, just talking about basketball, my come up, my story, my background, and it was a really dope conversation. And with that being said, let's just get right into it. To Shaquille James, thank you for having me on your show, a timeout with Shaq. Let's go. Everybody, welcome to a timeout with Shaq. My guest today is a good friend, straight out of QB Queens Bridge, brother NBA champ, Metal World Peace. Just introduce it yourself. Um, it's my guy, uh, Daniel Artest. What's going on, man? Man, not much, man. Just uh, you know, maintaining quarantining during this uh pandemic. You know, I want to thank you for having me on the show, brother. Yeah, definitely, man. It's been been a long time coming, man. I know we spoke a few times back at back in the day, man, trying to, you know what I'm saying, get you get you on something or come out here to CT and stuff where I'm from and stuff like that, you know what I mean? But it's definitely an honor for you to, you know what I'm saying, grace your presence to my show and stuff, man. Yeah, man. You know, hey, man, listen, I podcast too, so... You know, it ain't really nothing else to do. I'm in the house, so why not jump on the show? Yeah, definitely, man. I see you doing big things with your with your podcast, man. You know, I've been checking it out. You know what I'm saying? You're a big inspiration on helping me, you know what I'm saying, get my podcast together and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but we going on um, delving into your story and stuff, man. I mean, um, you know, tell us about your early life, man, growing up in um, Queensbridge and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm born in Queensbridge Projects. That's in New York City. Um, you know, basically one of eight kids, you know, had to pretty much, you know, fight for everything. And um, as far as like basketball, I learned how to play basketball on a jungle gym and a trash can, you know, for years before I even stepped on a basketball court. So and then when I made the transition on a basketball court, it was like kind of seamless. Like it was it was like no real issue or whatever, like the rim height. I didn't have an issue with it. Um, I just, you know, worked on my game and stuff and it it just translated really well from the from the jungle gym and trash can to an actual basketball court. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying, Queensbridge is, you know what I'm saying, known for the hip hop scene and stuff like that. But you know, I see you, your brother, you know, couple couple other people come out of Queensbridge as far as on the on the sports tip and everything. And it's a crazy fun fact. Um, I found out about you and your brother. Y'all was actually born the same day, but three years later. How 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 did that happen? <laughs> you know, whenever whenever somebody asks me that question, I always respond like, you know, because nine months before our birthdays, November thirteenth, um, is Valentine's Day, so I just assumed that my dad probably brought home some flowers and stuff, some chocolate <laughs> to the moms and things like that. Probably was a was a great day those days. Um. You know, three years apart, 1979 for uh, for Ron and 1982 for me. So that's that's just my explanation. <laughs> yeah, man, that that that's crazy. I read that it was like, oh my god. Um, so tell us a little bit about you know, because I'm I'm from Connecticut, but my AAU coach, um, he's actually from New York City, Brooklyn, East New York. Um, 
but they live out here in Connecticut. So we used to always come to New York City, play some of the tough AAU teams out there. We um, played Riverside Church, played against Gauchos, um, played against Kips Bay with Andre Barrett. Um, so tell us, like, who you played with for AAU and um, stuff like that, and who were some of your teammates that you played with. Well, with this AAU team I played with, uh, it's called Elmcore, but then we actually merged with a team called the New York City Wolfpack. Um, so mostly I played with, you know, Smush Parker, Lenny Cook, Curtis Sumter, uh, Charlie Villanueva, Sunyata Gaines, you know, um, just to name a few, you know, um, it's a, it's a, it's a bunch of, it was, a, it was a bunch of people, man, you know, but just naming the few that made it to the league, I, I, I hoop with those guys as well. So, you know, we had a solid AU team. Um, we wasn't like as big as Riverside Church and Gauchos and everything, Brooklyn, USA or the Long Island Panthers, but you know, we, we, um, we beat them in tournaments as well. You know what I'm saying? So we was a tough, a tough scrappy team with no funding, you know? So yeah. yeah, we we made it. We made we made do what we had. Okay, yeah, man, because it was a lot of tough, tough um, AU teams out of New York, and I remember uh, one tournament we actually seen the Long Island Panthers. I mean, they were stacked. They had Lamar Odom, El Amin, Tavares Bell, and um, you know, they came to a tournament, man, and I mean, they shut it down, and I was like, yo. That's crazy, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I said, yeah, there's definitely some tough teams um out there. So who would you say was the best um team you played against during your AAU time and the best player you played against during your AAU time? I would say the best team I played against was this team called B Brooklyn Queens Express. So um, Brooklyn Queens Express is run by Artie Cox, basically, um, a Christy King assistant coach. And, Art, and Lamar Odom is Brooklyn Queens Express, by the way. Just wanted to make that clear. He is Brooklyn Queens Express. Um, okay. They always had the toughest players. Like, you know, my brother on Brooklyn Queens Express, Lamar, Eric Barkley, Elton Brand, you know, Anthony Glover, just to name a few. You know, um, Brooklyn Queens Express and Riverside, they always just share players. So a lot of players you see with um, Riverside actually come from Brooklyn Queens Express. Brooklyn Queens Express never traveled, but Riverside did. So that's why you've seen them when you go out of town. You always see Riverside. But locally, yeah. they all play with Brooklyn Queens Express. So like I said, Brooklyn Queens Express was really good. They had a team one time with Andre Barrett, um, Talik Brown, and Omar Cook. And they also had this other guy named Zach Williams. Um, So that was the best team I played against. You know, I was really like my introduction into, you know, AAU and New York City with, with that team. Um. The best player I could say I played with uh, was Lenny Cook. You know, Lenny Cook was phenomenal. And this was when he was at his best, you know, number one player in the nation. And, um, you know, just, just dominating everybody, like Carmelo, Amari. You know, you name it at the time. The who's who's, you name it at the time. Yeah. You know, Lenny was better than them. And, um, you know, I got to see that night in and night out. And, um, you know, just just was, you know, glad to to be on the team and hooping with them and stuff. And it made things easier for me, and it, and it made me embrace the enforcer role. So when people try to foul him hard, I usually have his back and stuff. He used to nickname me um, Nutso or whatever because I, <laughs> I used to lose my cool a lot, you know. Okay. But it, it was a good time. It was a good time hooping with him because it made me a better player because of the, you know, the teams that we was going up against and people was trying to go at him. So it actually – 
you know, improved me a lot too. It was points where we was playing in um, AAU tournaments, um, no, noticeably uh, IS8. And one game, he had uh, like 51 points, and I also matched him with 51 in IS8. So, you know, it, it made me better, made me step my game up. More eyes was on was on him. And I was like, all right, let me, let me take a few of those eyeballs myself with these college recruiters. And, um, you know, it was just it was just a fun time. It was it was really good playing with them. Other players I played um I played with that was great too as well. One of my best friends, he's no longer here today. Um, played at Automotive High School. His name was uh, George Jefferson, shooting guard. Um, from from Queensbridge as well. You know, um, and John Hemingway as well from Queensbridge with other uh, teammates that I played with as well. That was really good to play with. So so, how did you find the balance? Like, um, you know, because you actually played with a lot of stars, you know what I'm saying, that went on to stardom. How was you able to, you know what I'm saying, be on a team with other stars, knowing like, yo, damn, this dude can get 30, this and that. He may, you know, hog the ball and I may not get my shots and stuff. Did you find ways to, you know what I'm saying, be able to score the ball and, and, and be able to, you know, make yourself known while also playing with, you know, maybe six, seven other stars on the team and stuff like that. Like, how did that work for you and, and, and translate with you um, throughout your career playing? Well, I was always one of the – If you know what? I'll say it like this. I was probably the strongest player in New York City. You know, my my game, even though I'm 6'3", 6'4", I always play power forward and center. But my playing mm. weight in high school, I was, I was like 265, solid. Mm. You know what I'm mm. saying? In high school like that. So, like, you couldn't really bully me. So, if you was a big man – uh, I had a rule. You couldn't get two feet in the paint. It's, you're just going to have to jump hook me or whatever. And, the, you know what I'm saying? So, like, my my game was rebounding, offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding. And I had good post work. You know, I can um, I can either bully you. I can finesse you. I can take you outside and shoot the three pretty much. If you double team, I could pass. But normally, I always attack the double teams because that's the element of surprise I have because the defenders, they always think that you're going to pass the ball double teams with me. I just knew how to, you know, angle my body, step through double teams and score and stuff like that, you know? So basically, you know, just being stronger than everybody pretty much, you know, led me to, to always out to always shine. I didn't really complain about wanting the ball like that. Cause I know that on the offensive rebound, I'm going to get the ball. And once I get the ball on the offensive rebound, if I'm right near the basket, it's going to be an N1 or a foul. I wasn't passing the ball back out, you know? So, yeah. That's how that's how I made my mark. I felt like if I did all the dirty work doing the stuff that other players wasn't doing, like mm -hmm. diving for the loose balls for those offensive rebounds, like I felt like I had every right to, you know, go back up. So at, at what age, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in your life did you say, like, yo, I want to make this my job? Was it was it, you know what I'm saying, like when you were just outside from from your brother or was you just seeing, you know, some of the dudes coming up in, in the parks and stuff? Like, when did you really say, yo, I want to make this my job, forget football, soccer, baseball, whatever it is. I want to make basketball my job. Well, I felt, I felt like I was good enough to play when I actually played against Lenny Cook um, in IS8. You know, um, I actually played against him. I had a really, really good game against him. And that's when I realized, like, because this is like my senior year in high school, that's when I realized that, you know, I could probably do something with this basketball. I feel like if I can go there and, um, you know, not only when we was on the same team, hang with the number one player in the nation, but go up against him and then just, you know, do my thing and, and come out on top, come out as a winner. You know, I mean, I, I pretty felt like I can I can do that with anybody as well. You know, growing up in the house with, 
with with a you know future NBA player at the time. You know, if I can, you know, score on him while he's you know a great defender, then I felt like you know I could score on anybody. So that's just the logic I took. That's the confidence I, I built in myself, and that's just how I carried it when I played. Okay. Okay, so now we move on to your high school. What high school did you attend, and how was your high school years um, playing playing ball and stuff like that? <laughs> this is going to be a very short, a very short one. <laughs> I didn't play in high school. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, you know, just being a knucklehead. You know, well, uh-huh. well, well. When I say being a knucklehead, not like being in gangs. I was never a part of no gangs in the streets like yes. that. But when I say a knucklehead, just acting out in class. Not wanting to go to school because mm-hmm. of uh, I was kind of forced to go to the high school that Ron went to. I didn't okay. want to go, and yeah. um, so I just acted out. But it was just like a whole snowball effect for the rest of my high school years, just not going to school, not just undisciplined, brother, you know. And so I, it just led me for the whole, you know, four years of the high school years. I've never played, never tried out, never suited up, nothing, Ooh. not one time. So I just played AU. Okay, so so you feel. Cause, Cause, some people say, you know, what I'm saying, you get scholarships and stuff through AAU now, you know, versus high school and stuff. So, so basically, you could say like you honed your game playing on the hardwood, on on, on the concrete in the parks, and playing AAU basketball. Then, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Okay, so now, um, you know, I, I try to do my homework on people that come on and say that, you know, um, your college route. You know what I'm saying? Um, say you went to the junior college route and then you went to Southern Nevada and then was offered a scholarship to Lamar University. Um, how did that work out and pan out for you? All right. So start from the beginning, you know, my AAU rep got me the scholarship to College of Southern Nevada, which is a junior college in Las Vegas. I actually went out there an entire year and a half before the season started. It was a brand new basketball program. So I just wanted to leave get my grades ready for college prepare. So I go out there at the time, my girlfriend, her mother, um, cousin was married to Muhammad Ali's daughter. So I, I used to live with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, also got to meet the champ as well and, um, you know, train and stuff. And they helped me, you know, get my GED, get my life in order and stuff like that. So once I got my GED, I started, you know, training with the college team and I, I was doing my thing. You know, I, I, I was, I was doing my thing, just getting ready for the season. Then when, um, about, the last week of workouts before school ended, I just dominated. Like, like my game, it just all just clicked, you know. And then they like, what? They was like wanting me to come back all summer. They was coming to New York when I was playing at Rucker mm-hmm. and stuff. They was like, they was wanting me to come back, you know. And um, it was funny because I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll be back, you know. I'll be back. I'm there Monday because I, I, I was I was like not answering the phones and stuff or whatever. And um, I was like, yeah, I'll be there Monday. Then I ended up flying to a school called Marshalltown Community College in Iowa. You know, and um, I was going to play there, but then something happened in the dorms where, like, I had to, like, you know, kind of hurt somebody for going through my stuff, <laughs> you know, and um, it got bad. The coach at the time for um, for Marshalltown Community College basically, you know, drove me to Des Moines, got me on a Greyhound, and I went to Indiana. It was like, all right, yo, you, you know, what you did, you, could, you shouldn't have done that or whatever, I understand the situation, but, yo, you got to go. So he drove me to the bus station, got on the bus and took a 14 hour ride to Indiana. Then I was staying at some broad's house for like four weeks or whatever. Then nobody knew where I was. People thought I was missing and stuff. Then it got crazy. Then I, I finally called, you know, I called my brother. I was like, he was like, yo, where you been? I was like, yo, I'm in Indiana. I told him what happened. And then, um, he got mad, but he's like, yo, just come on to the house, man. 
you know, I was around the house and he was like, yo, you got to go to school. <clears throat> I was like, all right. So I called my coach back uh, from Vegas. I was like, yo, you know, I'm sorry or whatever. You know, I, mean, I just had some issues or whatever. And then I told him everything. And then he was like, well, yeah, yeah, come back, come back. But you're going to miss the whole first of the season because, um, you know, that's just what it was. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So I came in there. I worked out really hard. You know, what I mean, I apologized to the school, apologized to my to my college teammates. I just worked really hard. Got better, got better, got better, and then just getting ready to start my freshman year at Southern Nevada. You know, this is my first time playing organized basketball. Really, you know, mm-hmm. started out really good. You know, my first game I had twenty two points and nine rebounds. I had good. I had big games against great players. In that conference, they had a, a future NBA player named Yakuba, Yakuba Dewara. He played at College of Southern Idaho. Um, I gave him 24-7 and seven, uh, our first game and then 19-17 and like 17, our second game or whatever. And, um, you know, I really made a name for myself, especially against the big schools like Dixie College was the national mm. champions. You know, we beat them. I had a great game against them. Then, you know, I ended up after the season ended, the school actually disbanded the basketball team because of funding. So for summer school, I ended up going to the College of Southern Idaho for summer school. And, um, you know, that went well. Then they, they fired the coach that brought me in, so I ended up leaving. Then um, at the time, though, with Southern Idaho, because now this is when the story started with Lamar University, these coaches was coming to the workouts. Like, the workouts was looking like was looking like camps. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, they had so many college scouts. It looked like a Nike All-American camp with how many college scouts was at this gym. So – you know, I just I just did my thing, man. I just went all out. I had a couple of scholarship offers, you know, Eastern Carolina, you know, a couple of them, like, you know, don't say Francis schools um, in um, New York or whatever, but I didn't want to go to New York and um, Eastern Carolina. They offered me a scholarship, but it was like, there was, it was like a reluctant offer. I was like, you know what I'm saying? But Lamar was on me hard. Yeah. So I go to Lamar University on a visit after I leave Southern Idaho because I end up leaving Southern Idaho to go to Westchester, New York. And, um, I was I went on my visit to Lamar. I loved the visit, but something came up where these um, white teammates took me to um, this place called Jasper, Texas. So, and Jasper, Texas was that place where this um, this black man got dragged to his death. That you know, if you uh, remember from back in the day. So they, okay. I was like, I, they took me to it was like a little memorial, little, little memorial thing they had set up for the for the for the gentleman that died, and then. I got out the car and I go look at it, you know, just to, you know, look at it. I was like, wow, you know what I mean? I can't believe like this is the place. It was, it was like kind of getting dark and they drove off. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to spook me or something like that. They drove yeah. off. And then so like I was hot. And this was on a college visit. And I felt like, I, I feel like, you know, they were probably threatened because during the workouts, I dominated the workouts or whatever when it was going up and when we, you know, when it was hooping and stuff, I dominated mm-hmm. them or whatever. So I kind of felt like maybe if I go there, I was going to take some spots or whatever. So when they did that, that's kind of that kind of like I didn't like how the coaches responded to it. So I kind of just like I didn't sign to Lamar University. I just went to Westchester. I had a great sophomore year at Westchester. I averaged about um like 23, 24 points, about um 12 rebounds or maybe 11.7 or something like that around numbers around that. And um I just didn't feel like going to school no more. School wasn't for me. I wanted to go play pro. So I actually left after the first semester at Westchester. I actually left and then started training to become a pro. Okay. And so where did, 
after your training and everything for the pro and you know you said listen school's done and over with you started training where did that route take you did you get to any invites to any pro camps to get on any summer leagues like where did, where did that route take you now what i did was i didn't want to go to the camps because there's too many people so what okay. i did was i just invited this agent you know to come watch me play in queensbridge and i in queensbridge our basketball tournaments are are, are, are everything you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we have so much talent coming in and out of Queensbridge. So I invited him to come see me play or whatever. And, um, you know, he was like, well, we ain't got no, they ain't got no, no spots for anybody that's playing center at your size or whatever, at your height. And I was just like, you know, just come watch me play. Maybe you, you might like what you see, maybe not or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he came to the game and, um, at 41 points. Then he came, he came to, he came to another game and I had like 39. And then he came to a third game. I had like 52. And then he was like, yo, I just got to, all right. He was like, I got to get you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he, you know, he helped me out and um, got me a job right after the um, unlimited basketball tournament ended. Five days later, I was in Germany. Okay. Okay, man. Like, whew. I mean, man, your, 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 your career has been, been, been one skyrocket, not to, you know what I'm saying? Step foot on a high school floor and do what you do is crazy. I mean, a lot of people coming up, you know what I'm saying, could only dream of, you know what I'm saying, doing the things that you did, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, so what, what has life been like, you know what I'm saying, being like, the, you know, the brother of an NBA, you know what I'm saying, like champion, like, you know what I'm saying? What, what, what has life like been for you and stuff like that? I mean, it has its pros and its cons, and the pros are the access. So mm-hmm. I can have access to facilities I want to go work out or whatever. I have access to players to pick their mind, pick their brain, you know, especially mm-hmm. great play. My brother played with great players, you know, like Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. Jermaine O'Neal, you know, Al Harrington, Steven Jackson, yep. Kobe, you know, Yao Ming, Tracy McGrady. He played with a lot of great players. And mm-hmm. so I was able to talk to them, pick their brain about, you know, certain things, footwork, whatever, you know, and, um, you know, that was cool. It was, you know, just the access part of it, just, you know, seeing him, seeing the grind as well from him, you know, how he came up and how he worked hard. And, and, and also when we worked out during the summer and seeing what it takes to be an NBA player, a lot of players don't know what it takes. You know, they want they mm-hmm. want to the, they want the glitz and the glamour. They want the Picasso painting. But in the off season, it's just a blank canvas. Then you got to paint it every year. You got to repaint that canvas, brother. You know, what I mean, you got to add on to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to add mm-hmm. on to it as well. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it takes a lot. So to see that, you know, I I try to, you know, translate it to, to my work ethic on um, work ethic. And um, you know, I had some good, some good workouts with Ron, you know, especially when he brought his um his teammates and at the time his pacer teammates um to these workouts. And I was really getting the best of them. Like he could tell you, they can tell you that I was basically unstoppable. You know what I mean? Then when the execs came down and they see me play, they was it was just it was different. You know, and, and this was before the injuries I had. This was before, you know, all the kids, whatever, and stuff like that. So I was really athletic. I was at my athletic best. And I was just, like, really posting seven-footers up, backing them down, turn, dunk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you really you, – so you – so, man, basically you were Zion before Zion, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because, you know, Zion is just a, a, a monster animal with, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that, you know. Um, so – you know, New York City is known, you know what I'm saying, for summer basketball. 
like yeah. one of the most hot breads for summer basketball. You know, I had a chance to finally, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, actually like last year or the year before, actually go to the Rucker and finally see a Rucker game. You know what I'm saying? And meet the announcers and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, you know what I mean? Help out announcing some of the Rucker games. So, you know, basketball there is like crazy. So, you know, you being from Queensbridge, everybody, you know, talking like, yo, we the hottest borough and stuff like that. Who is the best borough in basketball in New York City? That's a good question. You know, I think I could be biased and say Queens. You know, I could I could definitely be biased and say Queens. But it's just it's just great basketball players all over the place, man. You know, maybe back in the day I would say Queens and be biased, but everybody from every barrel play on the same teams now. You know, it's not it's no more that you know I rep this, I rep that. Now everybody's just chasing the money with this whole street ball thing. You know, um, so it's it's really hard to say because I would say I would say Queens though even though it's not a biased answer is because of this team called Sean Bell Sean Bell they from Queens yes, yes. they win every single tournament mm, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying they win everywhere mm-hmm. whether you know I was I was living in LA they came out to that ball up tournament for five hundred thousand they won it you know wow. they always win like all the money tournaments they win multiple New York City you know summer basketball tournaments with the same team. A lot of those guys from Queens. So I would say Queens because of what Sean Bell has done. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you got, you know what I mean? You you, you got Dykeman. You got the Rucker. You got uh, West Forth. You got Pro City. What's the one tournament you look forward to playing in? You know what I'm saying? When you come, like if you're on vacation and you coming home or something about to hit, you like, yo, I can't wait for this tournament. I'm about to go in here, kill, show out, put on for my city. What 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 tournament is that? that or, or you know what I'm saying, that you look forward to playing in during the summertime? None of those. I'm gonna tell you why. Because as good as Dykeman is, as as good as, as Rucker used to be, it used back mm-hmm. in the day, it used to be Rucker. Rucker stopped being, you know you know, good as far as, like, popular with the fans, like, maybe, like, almost mm-hmm. 10 years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Pro mm-hmm. City, Pro City is the best for indoor basketball, for, you know, you're working on your craft and, you you know, you're playing pro. Mm-hmm. Pro City is the best mm-hmm. run, you know what I mean? I won't even count Pro City. It's different from, from the streetball circuit. But me, okay. I like the hood tournaments, man. Yeah. I love the hood tournaments, man. Me, I love, I love the hood tournaments. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a different. It's a different atmosphere. The the course is smaller. The crowds is big. They on the court yep, and stuff. Yep. It's di- yep. is different. It's a different element because you know you got people threatening you on the side, on the sideline and stuff. You know, I, man. Yeah. I, I remember when I was fourteen, I was playing in a Stefan Marbury tournament. Right. I went okay. up against Sebastian Telfair, um, mm-hmm. Chris Taff, and Quincy Doobie at the time. Mm. Mm. You know, and um, you know, I was just I was dominating, like dominating, talking cash shit, man. And like just like <laughs> yo, nobody in the city can guard me, you know what I'm saying? I had uh-huh, like 57 uh-huh. points that game. These wow. dudes on the side was like, yo, showing up hammers of the showing the handle, the holster, whatever they gun. <laughs> like, yo, is you're not gonna it's gonna be a long way home for you, young fella. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, so I got scared, right. And I was just like, you know what? If this is gonna happen, it's gonna happen on the court. So I was just started playing, and I still, I was still talking to them. Like, there's nothing y'all uh-huh. could do to me. There's nothing y'all could do to me, or whatever. You know, what I'm saying that after the game, <laughs> I ran out the, the, the um, the park. I ran out 
uh, real fast. I got out the park real fast, and then I and then I was like, All right, I'm in the clear. I'm about to get on the train. I'm, I'm about to get on the train station or whatever. Get home, or whatever. And then the dude, uh-huh. they come to the train station and stop me. And then I was like, Oh man, come on, this is crazy. And then um, it was like. It was just a scare tactic, man. But you know, what I mean, we appreciate you for not playing scared like that. You know, what I'm saying, hey, here's five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, whoo! It's like, thank you, man. man. And then they asked me, like, you know, my name and stuff like that. And then one of them was like, yeah, yo, your brother play at St. John's, right? I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, we knew, <laughs> we 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 knew, we knew. I was like, yo, what what are y'all doing? And then um. It, it was it was actually over after that. That was that was that was weird. But the hood tournaments like that, like the atmosphere has always been crazy. Even in Queensbridge, like the hood, the hood tournaments is just it's just been like some. It makes you. It made it made me who I am. You know what I mean? I like yeah, I like I like yeah. playing in Dykeman. I, I, I well when I was playing because I haven't played real New York street ball in years because I moved to Indianapolis for like thirteen years. Okay. And um, so you know, like you know, I love Dykeman, Kingdom. You know, I love all those tournaments, but it's just the hood ones that that stick out. But if you could ask me, what's the best hood tournament I played in besides Queensbridge? There's this one in Harlem called the Dog Show. Okay. The Dog Show is okay. small, like West Forth, but it has way more people, and they're all on that court, and it is, it is intense. The games run late. <laughs> A lot of the top street ball street ballers plays in the Dog Show as well. It's really small, really small court. But it's just it's like playing prison ball, man. It's like it's like that. That prepares me to play basketball professionally more than playing in the big, the bigger tournament yeah. like the Dykeman. Okay, so so when you look back, you know what I'm saying, on everything on your life and stuff like that, do what is the the biggest thing that you know what I'm saying you would want to change to you know what I'm saying probably reach making it to the league or something like that. You know what I'm saying? What What is that one moment in your life that you wish you could take back that if you did it, if you did it differently, you would probably be in the league or be retiring from the league right now? Um, I wish I used my resources more. You know, I wanted to be mm-hmm. so far apart from my brother so long that I never mm-hmm. reached out and asked him for help as far as like with basketball and stuff, you know. Um, I earned everything on my own. I trained on my own. I've never trained with a trainer or nothing like that. I, I'm just a visual mm-hmm. basketball player. I go look at Hakeem Olajuwon tapes and I went outside and practiced mm-hmm. the moves. You know, um, my brother, I, I kind of wish that, you know, we we are really close. Now, mind you, before I say this, we are really close. We talk every day. I talked to him like mm-hmm. like a couple of minutes before I got on this call with you. You know what I'm saying? I just wish that sometimes he was around more. Like, but his season ran parallel to mine, so he was never around. Yeah. Then, you know, he's he's grinding, trying to, you know, get his his career popping and stuff. So he had to do what he had to do. He even said this on my show like that. He wished I was, he was around more. Ron didn't know I played basketball until I was about 16 years old. You know, and I only came because yeah. um like it's crazy because I, I had so many high scoring games as a youth, man. Like I like, you know, he really found out I scored like I scored like 66 points in junior high school. And he was like, Yo, Daniel, you, you you're good. <laughs> he came to the house one side. He was like, You're really good in basketball. <laughs> I was like, Oh, uh, I don't know. Won't you come and see for yourself? And then he came and he came to see me play. Then he was like, Oh, snap, like you really can play basketball. It was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny when he, 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 he when when um he said that or whatever. So like I wish I would have just used the resources more, you know. Um, but I think I did pretty I think I did pretty good. You know, I played in uh, Germany, China, 
you know, Greece. Mm-hmm. I, I made the um, NBA Summer League, you know, uh, okay. once. I tried out for the NBA Summer League actually twice, but I made it once. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that I'm not – I don't have no real regrets other than that, like, you know, not using the resources that I had. I think a, a mm-hmm. lot of ball players, mm-hmm. they had what I had. I think they probably would have took advantage of it more. But me just wanting to get out the shadow because I think I felt like all my basketball life – I've been in the shadow yeah. of somebody, even though I felt like I was pretty good myself, you know, growing up in the house with Ron, you know, when he's coming up and then like, you know, all that attention being focused on him. And then I just kind of felt like it wasn't on me. Then, you know, playing a- yeah. ball with all these great players, you know, playing with Lenny Cook and stuff like that. So I feel like I was in the shadows like that. Um, even though, you know, as a senior in New York, I was ranked number two behind Julius Hodge without ever playing high school. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who you mm. say that that did that. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? That, that 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 was crazy when I when I when I saw that I was like, wow, that's crazy. Number two, Julius I and I remember Julius, you know what I'm saying? NC State, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, wow, that's that's crazy. So um, you know, um, I guess got two more things for you. Like, so what advice would you give to the young kids that's coming up across the world and, you know what I'm saying, from your hood that's trying to, you know, get out and they seen that you made it, Ron made it, you know what I'm saying, with the basketball um, somewhat. So what, what advice um, would you give them coming up? I would say, you know, to those that follow me, that know me all my life, that follow me, and y'all got kids and, you know, your kids look up to me, don't take my route, man. Take the game serious. Fall in love with the game. If there's something that you really want to do, you know, do it because, it, you know, after a while, you know, I'm 37. You don't want to have no real regrets on like, you know, looking back, you know, you don't want to have no real regrets. Like, you know, looking back and then showing your old high school clips or whatever type of clips when you play like, yeah, I used to be this. Like, you don't want to do that. You want to forget about those clips, you know? So I just tell people, you know, take the game serious. If you love it, love it, go for it. You know what I'm saying? Don't let nobody, you know, hold you back. Don't let, don't let nobody, like I said, don't let nobody hold you back. Do your thing in school. The girls is going to come later. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and if, you know, you find a girl, just know like that she got to know that your career has to come first because, you know, like a woman could either be your biggest pickup or your biggest downfall. And, yes, you yes, know what I'm yes. saying? So like me in my situation like that, you know what I mean? I got four kids, but I got, I got um, about three women and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I actually stopped playing yes. basketball for a while. Cause I thought that, you know, the marriage life was going to be good, but then it ended up not mm-hmm, felt mm-hmm. like a waste of time. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, just, just, you know, focus on the game. Don't disrespect the game and, um, you know, just go far with it. it it'll take you, that little basketball could take you all over the world. If you really want it, if you really want it to be that way. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. And, and, and one final thing I try to do this, you know what I'm saying? On my, on my live show and also on my podcast, um, I need five players. If you had a chance to make yourself into any superstar ball player from point guard to center at those positions, what five players are you putting in that position in those positions that'll make you that ultimate player when you step on the floor? Mm, that's a good one. Magic. You know, magic gotta be the point guard. You know what I'm saying? I would like mm-hmm. to have magic in my game, a little bit of Jordan in my game, as well for the competitiveness. Not even the scoring part, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just, just, just the competitiveness. You know, I would like mm-hmm. to have like, you know, um, Isaiah Thomas never say die attitude. You know, just being real feisty and stuff. You know, just, just, um, and willing to play through pain and stuff. You just see what he did in the finals. 
you know, scoring 25 points in that quarter. I also want Shaq's strength. And I just want, you know, um, like LeBron's shoulders, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, just a com- complete basketball player right there, I think. I know a lot of people would be like, they want Curry's handles and stuff, but I don't want to have all, yeah, yeah. all the points, you know what I'm saying? I want to be able to. Just... Yeah, nah, <laughs> hey, that's one of the that's one of the toughest, you know what I'm saying, that, that I've gotten, you know what I'm saying, out of, you know, making yourself into that ultimate player and stuff like that. But, yeah, man, once again, man, it's an honor. To have you on timeout with Shaq, man, and you know what I'm saying. I just want to wish you well in everything that you do. You know what I'm saying. Wish your family well. You know what I'm saying, and just keep doing what you're doing. I'm gonna stay following you and your podcast, and hopefully we could come back again and do this, or maybe we can get you and Ron out here, man, in Connecticut, man. Come check out some of our little tournaments that we do for the kids, man. It's a real exciting thing, man. But once again, I definitely want to appreciate you, man, for coming on to the show. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. This is the best podcast I've ever been a host. I've ever been on a guest on so far. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like that you okay, did your research. Okay. You did your research and I, yeah. I, I appreciate that because I, I do my research as well but yeah man of course I would love to uh, come to Connecticut and you know see the, the tournaments that you have with the kids we have uh, the Artest University we also do um, tournaments as well and I would like to you know okay. definitely when we have one whenever this pandemic ends I live in South Carolina but I'll be coming up to New York soon and um, we'd love okay. to you know invite your um, kids to come to come play man you know what I mean and, and tournament, right. yeah man. definitely man we Definitely, man. We going we gonna link up. We gonna touch base. You know what I'm saying? Exchange math and everything. And you know what I'm saying? We definitely gonna happen once this pandemic um is over with, man. And like I said, man, appreciate you, man. And and we gonna talk soon, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, also y'all go follow me on the Daniel Artes podcast. Um, that's on all your podcast uh networks, wherever you stream your podcast is at. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Daniel Artes Pod. And I also have a Facebook group. Shaquille, you got to be in the Facebook group. I got like 2,500 members in it, man. It's called the Daniel Artest okay, Podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah, man. You got to, yeah, man. You got to, you know what I'm saying? Send me that, you know what I'm saying, um, to, 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 my, to my my page or whatever. And then I definitely get in that group, man. No no, no problem. Yeah, definitely. We got like 2,500 members in it. And we talk basketball. And it's really good. And that's what helped my podcast grow. And, um, okay. you know, just having a podcast group, I could just funnel all my content into there and then everybody just take it and run with it. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, man, thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you.